Welcome to episode number 83 of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where Christina and I break down the differences between process and outcome focus in your fitness journey, the pros, cons of each perspective, and how to truly embrace and enjoy the process. If you're somebody who finds yourself really frustrated that you haven't reached your goal yet, this is the episode for you. As always, if you like the podcast and you want to support it, all we ask is that you share this episode with a friend, family member, or coworker who would benefit from it. One share can go a really long way and supports our mission to help as many people as possible to live a healthier, sustainable lifestyle. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode number 83, Process versus Outcome Focus. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to first kind of give you guys a little bit of an update on what's been going on with us. And then we're going to dive into the topic of today's episode, which is process first, outcome focused. And we'll kind of dive into what that means and all that that entails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there'll be some good overlap too, because I think, I think actually, like, I don't actually know exactly what you're doing. So I'm excited to hear about your (laughs) updates, but um, I know for myself that this topic is very relevant in what I'm going through with my fitness right now. So uh, you go first. I'm curious. What's what what you've been up to? So I have, as I've mentioned, I've been going to pelvic floor physical therapy Um, so with my pregnancy and birth, I developed some pelvic organ prolapse and I also had, um, some ab separation. And so we've been going through and just rehabbing and doing certain exercises. And she's been doing a lot of, uh, scar tissue mobilization and just all the fun things that you experience, uh, after giving birth to a child. (laughs) Um, so it's super interesting. And I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, but when I went for my follow-up with my OB, it was technically like your six week follow-up, but I went at seven because they couldn't fit me in. Um, my OB did an examination. She did an internal examination and said, yes, you know, I, cause I said, I think I had prolapse and she said, yeah, you have, you know, very mild, um, case. And so she wrote me a script for PT. Um, but she cleared me for everything. She said, you can reserve resume like all normal activity. Um, and I was like, wow. that's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I was able to get in and see, uh, the pelvic floor PT, like a week or two later. I can't remember how far booked out they were. Um, but when I saw my PT, she was like, um, she did a a extremely thorough examination, um, like not like the OB and she also checked for ab separation. And I was like, and she, she was like, yeah, you do have some separation. And I told her, I was like, I can't believe I didn't even think to ask my OB at my appointment, even being a fitness professional and working with postpartum moms. Cause I was so concerned about that one aspect of my recovery mm-hmm. that I didn't even think to ask. And she goes, well, they probably wouldn't have even checked anyways. 
like they're just not trained to check. So I just thought it was just super crazy because I had ab separation and here I have my OB clearing me for all exercise for everything. That would be so dangerous. Right. So had I resumed my normal activity, which is like really heavy lifting, like, I mean, my strength was shot anyway. Uh, but had I just gone back and like done like everything I could have made things way worse. So I'm really, really glad that I trusted my instinct and just held off until I saw my, uh, pelvic floor PT. Um, because like, like I mentioned, I could have made things way worse. So I was a patient and I've been working with her and she knows my background with health and fitness. And so she said, uh, my, uh, Colton is in the background right now. If you can't, uh, if you were able to hear that, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, um, but she was like, if you were just like a regular gen pop client, she's like, I would have sent you on your way and would have graduated you from the program. And, um, she was like, as far as like your prolapse, your separation, um, and everything. And she was like, but because of the way you like to train, um, I want to make sure that you're just like super extra healed. (laughs) Um, so she, yeah, so it's been really great. I've had a really wonderful experience and I highly recommend um, if you're pregnant or if you're postpartum, or if you're dealing with any sort of like pelvic floor issues and continence, anything like that, like go see a PT. Um, but yeah, so she said that I can, you know, ease my way back into exercise and fitness. And as long as I'm not having any pain, then I should be okay. And then just to keep her updated on like anything, as far as like movements, um, so I have been slowly easing my way back into workouts. I'm not necessarily following any sort of program just yet, um, but I have been starting to work out um, about two, maybe three times a week um, along with my morning walks. I've been going anywhere from like a mile to two miles every single morning um, with either Sadie, Colton, or both of them. <laughs> um <laughs> So that's kind of where I am right now. And then I'm going to start um, our postpartum program here soon. Um, but that's kind of where I am. And I'm also back into tracking macros. Um, so, I mean, this is a really, really long update. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was kind of, you know, we always talk about that dichotomy between like giving yourself grace and then also kind of being like, okay, I need to also be like realistic and hard on myself. So you know, I think every single mom should have like, and give themselves some grace postpartum. Absolutely. But I was also like, okay, but you know, what are some things that I can control right now? Like I can start tracking macros. Like it's not going to like be that much harder for me to do. And if I am upset that I'm not seeing results quick enough, then this is something I can control and I need to do it and not just say, give myself grace. Um, so I've started tracking again and being a little bit more strict with like my steps, um, having a water goal, um, and having a specific set amount of workouts that I'm going to be doing per week. So that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. Um, and I will say like, kind of just on that, um, kind of coaching moment, right. For you jumping back into tracking macros, it's like a very, like, you know, semi-automatic thing. You've, you've done it on and off for however many years. So for you, tracking macros is not very much of a mental burden, but just to kind of extrapolate that maybe for other postpartum moms who are like asking themselves the same question of like, what can I do? What can I control? Maybe that's not the first step, right? Maybe it's, uh, 
eating an extra serving of fruits or vegetables or getting some more water intake in or starting to even just pay attention to what's going on in their body. Um, Cause a lot of times postpartum, you might have people like cooking for you. You might have your parents over, you might have like just more ready to go types of foods and meals. So, um, you know, that can obviously throw a wrench in nutrition oftentimes, depending on what people make you or what's available, but yeah, just like taking that extra step, uh, what, no matter how small it might seem, uh, but it's relative to you and your experience level. So I just wanted to throw that little tidbit in there. No, that was great. That was good. Yeah. Um, so what am I doing? <laughs> I was actually just talking about this with you and also with another friend like today, um, because I literally moved States and I moved 10 minutes away from an amazing bodybuilding gym <laughs> and I haven't used it. <laughs> um, like I've used it a couple of times, but like I moved to be really close to the pressure Coliseum and everybody at Core Nutritionals and I love them. Absolutely. Uh, but I, talked about this a lot in the episode we had on burnout where I was just feeling really, really burnt out from training and nutrition and macros and blah, blah, blah. And it was just honestly the compounding stress of moving and trying to diet and do all that and run a business all on top of each other. And so I talked about in that episode, how I took my foot off the gas and said, let me give myself a break. I'm going to cut my uh, expectations for myself down to three times per week. I'm going to Um, just kind of relax on that front. And it did give me more motivation. Now, uh, another thing that I really wanted to do when we moved was uh, join a CrossFit gym and find a community within that. Uh, Because I know that CrossFit is just really, really big on community. And through like having a really strong community, like within my company's coaching program, like I've started to see like how beneficial that can be for people. So I joined a CrossFit gym when we moved. And basically that's all I've been doing lately is just CrossFit classes. And I've kind of put a halt on any pressure to lift whatsoever lately. Um, I will say I go in for the occasional leg day. If I have someone visiting me, like we had our staff over a couple of weeks ago, I lifted with them. Uh, but on my own, I just, I really can't get myself out there and it's an amazing Mm. gym. And it's hilarious because anyone in their right mind who likes lifting would be like in heaven in that gym. But it's just because like, I've been around all this equipment before when they were in Northern Virginia. I then was at the shop gym in Ashburn, which is basically like an even bigger version of the, the gym I have access to right now. So even though there's all this amazing equipment, I'm not necessarily, I'm just spoiled. I like to say it that way. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm taking for granted, like all the cool stuff that we have, but I know it'll be there. I know I'll I'll probably come back to it, but right now I'm really loving just the push that CrossFit is giving me. I was actually going to talk about this on my story today as well. Um, and I've just been trying to really hammer home the fact that like, I really don't think CrossFit is the answer for most people who want to lose fat and gain muscle and change their body in a particular way, because, um, there's a certain just level of risk when it comes to CrossFit that I think it can be approached safely, but how easy it is to approach it in a safe way is a lot more difficult than if you were to say, start resistance training with a structured program. And so there's just a lot of risk and it requires really knowing your body and really knowing its limits. And, um, that's something that I've had lots of experience and trial and error, figuring out through athletics, as well as lifting for, you know, seven something years now. So, Uh, All that to say, I have a good base for CrossFit for that reason, and it's been really, really pushing me, and I just have a lot of fun 
feeling like I'm going to die every time I go. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a new kind of challenge. The people are amazing. And obviously because it's like all super cardio intensive strength stuff, it is making me much more cardiovascularly fit and helping with my fat loss phase for that reason. Cause I'm burning just way more calories probably as a whole. Um, cause we have the strength component and the, um, cardio component. So I am still dieting for my wedding, uh, which is still weird to say, uh, but that's in about eight and a half weeks to be exact, which is also weird, <laughs> but, uh, I am excited and I'm finally just, I finally come to terms with, and this will segue us into the topic. Um, I finally come to terms with the process and the things that I need to do in order to see the results that I need to see. I'm going to give some numbers just for, um, like example sake, uh, my weight typically sits around 150 when I'm just maintaining and living life and all that. And I do have a very hard time kind of anytime I get below like 145. And so the goal for the wedding was like, let's lose, let's aim to lose 10 pounds. Why not? Right. Like, let's just see, uh, we'll push ourselves and we'll see what will happen. But I know that notoriously, anytime I get close to that 140 mark and below 145, my body just fights it. And so um, I am like digging pretty deep with my, with my macros. Uh, I am, you know, giving it my all with my training and, and I'm trying to increase my activity even outside of that as much as possible. Uh, but it took me kind of a little bit to, and this is where data and having like logs of data is really powerful uh, because I, I didn't really realize what it was going to take because it's been so long since I've done a fat loss phase. Um, so I went back in all my logs and I, I looked and I was like, Hmm, what did I have to do for cardio and for macros and training last time I cut and got around to the weight that I want to be at or the body composition. And I looked at it and I was kind of surprised because I was like, Oh, <laughs> I had to really dig. Oh, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> and so it was kind of like a little slap in the face of like, Hey, like you need to get into the process here and like, stop thinking that like your half-ass efforts are going to get you to the outcome. Um, and so once I kind of came to terms with that, uh, I've been just a little bit more diligent. It's the little things, right? It's like not having the extra froyo bar after dinner that puts me 20 grams over my carbs and just avoiding that or, you know, making that little choice to have a big salad for lunch instead of a wrap or whatever it is, right? So small things, but they add up. And I've just kind of, it's funny because we had a call with some of our clients and we had one client in particular who said something along the lines of like, I feel like I was giving like a C effort. I thought it was my A effort, but it wasn't. And so once she realized what that A effort needed to be, she started giving it and then she really started seeing results. And so that's kind of how I feel is what ha has happened for me. Um, and then just really honing in on the process. Um, and if I can just maybe say one more thing and I'll let us go back and forth. Um, <laughs> one thing that really, really helped. And I said this today on my I IG story as well was I, I shifted my perspective from, you know, oh, I have all this time or, you know, I've got like all this time to go. Um, this was an example in a workout I was doing. We were doing these rounds of five minutes, do as many reps of things as you can. I remember I was doing burpees and I was hating my life. And I was basically like, damn, five minutes is a long time to be switching between burpees and pull-ups. So I was thinking that and I was like, well, 
why don't I just think of it as I only have five minutes or there's only two and a half minutes left. Like I need to get as many as I can in before that time is up. So I applied that same mindset to my fat loss phase where eight and a half weeks in all reality is not a long time. It's going to be here before I know it. And because of that, I need to do as much as I possibly can up until that point. And so I have really been trying to check myself just daily, like reminding myself, you don't have a lot of time. Let's put some urgency on this and let's not self-sabotage today. Don't focus on tomorrow. Don't focus on however many weeks are ahead of you. Focus on today and what you can do today that will make you successful. And that will bring us into the topic of process versus outcome focus, which is a really great um, topic that I couldn't believe we haven't done an episode on in particular yet. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely have talked about it and we've mentioned it in many different podcasts, but I think it's going to be great to actually have a specific podcast dedicated to it. Um, but I yeah. wanted to say before we dive in, I think it's number, you know, the first thing uh, I want to say is I think it's great that you're honoring like your thoughts and feelings. Like you're not forcing yourself to like power through these like bodybuilding workouts if you are not currently enjoying them. Um, and I think it's kind of the same way with, we talked about, um, sorry, he's like so talkative, um, the same way where we kind of talked about like wanting to work out five or six days, because like, that's your, that was something that you kind of like identified as like, I'm a bodybuilder. This is what I do. I'm a health and fitness coach. Um, and I think, you know, we all go through phases and it's like, I'm just not enjoying that right now. I don't want to just power through like, and you know, there's that difference like between like motivation, discipline and like things like that. But like, if you have like tried to like power through it after a while, and it's like, this is just not happening or not working. It's not worth it. Like you could lead yourself to burnout. So you're just like movement is better than nothing. So this is what I'm going to do instead. So I think that's super awesome. And also just speaks to being like versatile, right? Like we don't have to just fit in this one box or container about like what we think health and fitness should look like. Um, so I think that that's super awesome. And I feel like you're setting a really good example for your clients. Oh, thank you. It's been <laughs> of a, course. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to, uh, to honor that. And I think, um, you know, and also on that note, priorities and goals shift. And right now do what I'm doing right now is actually probably more in alignment with what I need for the goal that I have. Um, because I just need more output and my body just resists fat loss and I just need more output. <laughs> and I could do that by lifting more and taking more walks and being a boring bodybuilder that way. And that's a great, that's an exciting and fun way for most people to go about it. But, um, I have a lot of competitive energy that I'm not getting out because I don't have a volleyball community here yet. So I need to like, <laughs> I need to channel it. And so I'm channeling it with myself when I'm in those workouts that make me question life. So, um, I appreciate that though. Yeah. So let's maybe start off, uh, 18 minutes in defining <laughs> process versus outcome focus. Do you want to take one of them and we can alternate maybe? Yeah. So I think just to put it really like simply like outcome focus is focusing on the outcome, right? Like your goals, like you could have for your wedding, like I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay. So that's the outcome. And so if you are super focused on that, the entire time, like it's sometimes like, I feel like it's, you can get really frustrated really easily. 
Um, like, let's say, for example, you had a week where you didn't lose any weight. So you're so focused on the outcome that you might lose sight of like all the different things that you did that week. Um, so you can take the other one, obviously it's the opposite, but <laughs> yeah, process focused, um, is really what we want to the majority of our energy to be around, but, um, and we'll get into why that is, but pro being process focused is basically focused on kind of what I was explaining earlier of like, how can you check the boxes that you need to check today and doing the things in the process rather than only focusing on the outcome of I need to lose weight because at the end of the day, we don't control the outcome. What we control is the process. We control the things that we do and the actions that we take and the way that our body responds, like it, it usually will respond accordingly, but we don't have direct control over that, right? It's not a, it's not an actual uh, light switch or volume knob where we just turn it and, and it works, right? Like we have to really play and understand and um, work with those variables to see like, how is our body going to respond? How can I better manipulate my actions to see what results come from that? So that's why being outcome focused can be so frustrating is because we don't have a hundred percent predictability from actions to outcome. And so being process focused is focusing on the actions that we need to take on the day-to-day to, you know, add up to not only the outcome, but just uh, what I like to say is like the person that we want to be and, and the types of things that that person likes to do and does for particular reasons. Um, so those can be things like lifting weights, doing workouts, going on walks, drinking your water, hitting your nutrition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think we, we have a goal setting episode, right? Yeah, I think yeah. we too. Um, so those are some really good ones uh, if you want like an in-depth process. But we we talk about goal setting kind of like, okay, you have this goal, uh, which is our outcome, but let's break it down into smaller, more um, manageable tasks. And that can be depending on how big your goal is, you might need to break it down by, you know, you know, six months and then three months and then monthly, um, then like every single week, what do you need to get done? And then every single day. Um, and so kind of like Marissa was saying, like, we need to enjoy the process and like what we're gaining from it. So, um, I could give an example for myself too. Like I have some goals for myself postpartum, um, and I could get very frustrated and very discouraged with where I am right now because it's not where I want to be. Um, and I could have a very negative attitude towards everything that I'm doing as far as like my water intake, my food and like tracking macros, um, like workouts, uh, movement, daily movement, things like that. Um, so if I was frustrated and, and that's kind of my attitude towards it every single day, like that every day is going to suck. <laughs> um, and like, if you just kind of reframe and think about things differently. So like when I go on walks, like it's, it's for myself and it's for movement because I don't really move a whole lot throughout the day sitting at my computer. Um, so it's great for that, but I'm also like, I'm getting my dog out for a walk. This is her favorite thing to do every single day. Like, or I'm taking my son out for a walk and exposing him to sunlight. Like this is great stimulation for him. He's going to sleep better at night. Um, so like, just kind of like different things like that, or throughout the day, I could think that tracking food is a burden, but like, wow, I have an opportunity to like get more data 
about myself and learn more, um, and see how I can improve my meals throughout the day or like my eating habits and just like small things like that. And like a big one for me is, yeah, I'm frustrated that I'm not where I want to be, but I'm like, Hey, this is great experience for like clients and how I can help them because I've gone through it. I'm currently going through it myself. Um, so instead of just like having this negative attitude, I'm just trying to reframe everything and it makes every single day that much better. And if you have a positive attitude or just like a, a different spin on things, that's going to make a huge difference every single day when you need to do what you need to do to get you closer to your goals. Yeah. And like, let me play devil's advocate here and kind of show our audience, like what happens if we don't have that growth mindset towards these things? What happens if we don't try to flip it and look at the the positive sides of the process and the things that we're doing, right? So first, what is all that frustration and negative energy going to result in? It's going to result in more frustration that we're not at our outcome. And then it's most likely going to, like, we're not, not going to enjoy the things that we're doing. We're going to resent them. And then we're most likely going to trend towards self-sabotage because we're frustrated and we're going to take actions that then don't align with what we need to do to reach our goal because we're so frustrated that we're not seeing the outcome. You know, what's the point, right? And so that's something that's really important to note is like the way that we view these things and like where we are putting our energy and where we are putting our focus is really, really a big part of the success that we end up seeing. Um, and I think that's what people miss, right? People, people hear about, I should focus on the process and not the outcome, but they miss the fact that it actually affects the outcome, like adding stress on the outcome doesn't do anything for us. Like instead, what if we took that energy and that stress and put that as a sense of urgency towards the process, right? Yeah. And some things um, that this makes me think of, uh, I was having a conversation with a client like last night and she is very outcome focused. And I don't think she really realized the difference or what impact that was having on her. Um, so I kind of broke it down um, when it comes to her goals and I asked, you know, so, okay, so your goal is you want to lose 50 pounds. And she was like, yeah, and I've only lost, you know, 10 of them or whatever so far. And I'm really frustrated because I'm stuck. Okay. And what basically I asked her was, who are you 50 pounds lighter? Who is that person? What is she, what is she like? What is her life like? How is she different than the person that you are right now? And the answer to that is usually something along the lines for most people of, I have more energy. I have a greater quality of life. I'm able to do more things. I'm more fit. I'm more strong. I um, have better relationships. I um, just overall more productive, all those things, right? So what actually creates that person is the question to ask. Is it the fact that you're 50 pounds lighter or do you become that person in the process of losing those 50 pounds. You might be that person 25 pounds down. You might still, you know, keep making strides towards your goals, but you might be that person and have those attributes halfway there, a third of the way there, 10 pounds in, like you really don't know. And so that's why it's really important to not only focus on the process in terms of like, okay, focus on what I need to do each day, but celebrate the process, celebrate the things that you do that don't have to do with the scale or don't have to do with the measurement and the way that you look, 
celebrate the things that you're doing well, because if you don't give yourself credit for that, then you'll never be able to take your eyes off the outcome. That, yeah, that's super, super, super powerful. And I, I think that's a really great question to ask. And hopefully she was able to kind of be like, oh, okay. Like take it a It was step a mic back. drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that that kind of goes back to like the clients that we typically see that are the most successful. And I'm sure you like, like you have the same thought is those clients who are able to make that shift from like, oh, this is a six month program, or this is a year long program to like, oh, these are habits that I'm going to instill the rest of my life. Like this isn't a six month journey. This is a lifelong journey and kind of just stopping like that focus on like, oh, it's only 10 pounds or like, it's only this. So like almost like a even bigger, <laughs> uh, like process focus. Like it's, it's just like a lifelong thing and not yeah. just a short little thing. Oh, I love that. You know, what you made me think of, cause we talked a little bit about this in our, like, get rid of your timeline episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, instead of, okay, you know, I signed up for this thing. It's a three month journey. And like, I will have arrived at my outcome in three months. And then, you know, there's nothing after that. Right. Um, instead looking at it, like for the next three months or six months or nine months or however long you are hiring a coach for, or getting help for those next, um, you know, amount of that next amount of time, you're going to have additional assistance in applying yourself to the process and being held accountable to making those changes. But that's it. It's the extra support and accountability towards that process. Like that process is your life. Like at the end of the day, um, something that a lot of people miss when it comes to losing weight or changing their health is they say that they want it to be lifelong and they want it to be sustainable and they want it to be something that they can stick to, but there is a lack of understanding in a lot of people. I won't say everybody, but there's a lack of understanding in a lot of people that the things that we're doing are things that we need to accept as permanent changes to our life. And so that's the person that we need to become bringing us back to that identity thing. Um, that's the person that we then are becoming the person that we are. Those are the things that they do. And we're just getting additional assistance in making that change in ourselves. And so that's, I feel like something that a lot of people miss that, um, is really kind of a make or break game changer for a lot of people's success in the long term. Yeah. And, and, uh, I had a client recently who she messaged me and we're, we've been through, we've been cutting and she was really worried that she wasn't going to be able to lose any weight. And, uh, like halfway through the cut, she was like, I can't believe how much I'm enjoying this process. And she's like, in just my attitude and my mindset, she's like, I don't feel like I'm dieting. I don't feel um, like how I used to, she goes, I used to diet. And I just was so focused on the end of the diet and all the foods that I could eat afterwards. And she was like, and my perception has changed. And I just realized that this is just part of the journey and what I need to do currently to get me closer to where I need to be. But like, I am actually enjoying things. And she's like, and I think that the biggest thing is just, again, it's just a more sustainable approach. Um, but just her attitude really towards everything. And I have a couple of clients who said the same thing is like, they used to just feel like, okay, I just need to make it through this next, you know, two months, three months or something like that. And then I'm, I'm out and I can go back to what I was doing before. Um, so that's been like really, really eye opening for them and it has made them more successful 
Yeah, I love that. Um, I had something to add. Oh, right. And I think a lot of that comes back to, you know, when you're enjoying the process, let's, let's talk about that because people say enjoy the process all the time. They're like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> and how do you enjoy the process? Right. So like diet, dieting sucks. Like how can you enjoy yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like restricting calories sucks. Like being hungry sucks. Like losing weight is a, is a hard process that, you know, all of that. So something that you can kind of, um, reframe or maybe think about differently or open your mind to would just be when it comes to enjoying the process it's again it comes back to who are you becoming and like what are the obstacles that you're overcoming to become that person and so a a really good analogy for this honestly is is anything like a contest prep or I will use in my case a crossfit workout because there are so many things in like a contest prep for a show or maybe like marathon training, right? Like you look at your run for the day and you're like, holy crap, that looks impossible. Or, you know, I'm, I'm about to start a workout that's written on the board at CrossFit. And I'm like, how is anybody going to finish this? Right. Um, in the time cap or the amount of reps that we need to do or contest prep, like how the heck am I going to go even another day, like feeling this way or, or, you know, restricting like this. And so when you look at something and you're like, this looks impossible, and then you do it, it's the most empowering thing in the world. And I think that's why people enjoy things like uh, marathons and CrossFit and contest prep is because when you look at something and you say that looks like it's impossible, and then you do it and you realize it's not as scary as you thought and you actually conquered it then that fear is gone and you're more confident. And then you're like getting gratification out of the fact that you did the thing. And so, you know, that thing for you might not be uh, a rigid diet for six months to step on stage in a bikini. Uh, That thing for you might not be killing yourself in a workout, but that thing for you that feels impossible, just, it might be eating a hundred grams of protein a day. It might be getting enough water. It might be just putting yourself first day after day after day, even though you have spent your entire life putting everybody else before you, that might feel impossible. And so committing to yourself might be that thing that you have to learn how to celebrate as a part of the process. When you decide you're going to carve out that time for you, or you decide you're going to make that meal ahead of time or plan your food or whatever it is. Right. So that is something I think that can hopefully help you conceptualize how to enjoy the process. Yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of like the idea of like, if I can do that, I can do anything. And so that's one of the things that we we've talked about with like contest prep. And that's, you know, another reason why I, I actually, I do. And you and I are both the same way. Like we love the idea of 75 hard, right? Like, cause it's not the outcome that like necessarily like, Oh, I want to lose weight or I want to do, it's just the mental discipline of doing certain things, um, that are, that are hard. Um, but one of the things I was going to talk about, so, um, I can't remember if it was in the book grit or maybe David and Goliath or maybe another book. And I I can't even remember. Um, (laughs) but, uh, it was talking about, um, how a lot of very, um, successful business owners, like fortune 500, uh, people, they have, um, dyslexia or they have some sort of like learning disorder where they Um, just didn't go to college or 
Yeah. 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 But, um, so the author of the book was like, you know, it, it, kids with learning, uh, disorders or like learning disabilities or, or, um, dyslexia, like it forces them to adapt because they have to overcome this really hard thing. Like it's really hard to go to school if you struggle with reading. Um, so just the way that they were able to like overcome and adapt and just be- kind of become more resilient made them who they are and made them even more successful. And so the author of the book was like posing like a, a really interesting question. It's like, okay, knowing that not, not all, but knowing that those, those people who had dyslexia, they learned to overcome and adapt and were way more successful, but like, would you put that hardship on your child? Like, would you want them to go through that knowing that they would overcome this adversity and become more successful? Or would you rather have them this, like this easy life? So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, and we're kind of jumping over into like growth mindset, but like when you have something that's super difficult, you know, the way that you face that adversity is like, oh, this sucks. Like why me? And you have this like victim mentality, but you switch it around and it's kind of like, well, like, what am I going to learn? Like, how am I going to overcome this? Like, and like you said, like, who am I going to become like after? Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, like Kate said on one of our recent episodes, you know, giving yourself permission to suck at something. Yeah. Um, that's hard. And it's hard mm-hmm. to walk into something and be like, I might suck at this. I did that with CrossFit because there's a lot of movements and moving your body in weird ways that, I know I don't know how to do. <laughs> I'm constantly <laughs> making a fool of myself, but it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, you learn and then you improve. And um, the other thing with that is, you know, you said something, Christina, that, uh, and by the way, the book was definitely grit. I remember. Okay. Sure. Okay. Definitely That's grit by Angela Duckworth. Good yep. read. Easy Such read too. Read. Um, like it, it kind of, it was one of those books where I just kind of breezed through it a little bit. Um, cause it, it flowed really well. I will say if you have children, that is probably one of the best books oh, yeah. that they can read or that yeah. you can read for can them read for your kids. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, like a good parenting tips book for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the thing that you said was, you know, if you overcome that, then you feel like, Oh, maybe if I can do that, then I could do anything. I will say um, a lot of people don't jump quite there. <laughs> Maybe in my experience, I hear a lot of people still like kind of limit themselves or put themselves in a box, even if they do overcome something hard. But I think what always happens is if I can do that, what else can I do? And it opens the door to curiosity for more um, every single time you overcome, overcome something hard, right? And like, you might not think you can conquer the world just yet, but like, you can definitely, I, I know that this happens for a lot of our clients who maybe in particular, they'll come into the program, they'll be like, I don't want to track a macro. Like, I want to do this some other way. Teach me any other way. I don't want to touch my fitness pal. And I'll be like, okay, cool. We won't do that. Um, we'll do it a different way. And we'll, we'll set them up with that and they'll, they'll do it and they'll be pretty successful with it. And they'll overcome the fear of like, wow, that wasn't so hard, right? Like I can do it. And then over time they get curious and they're like, Hey, that tracking thing, can we talk about that again? And, and it's always funny. I always like laugh and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at how like ironic it is that like, what we're realizing here is it was not something that you hate. It's something you were afraid of. Um, and you were maybe afraid to learn that it could be helpful, or maybe you had beliefs around it that were holding you back from thinking that it was right for you or, or whatever it was. But yeah, it's just that you overcome something difficult 
you realize maybe it wasn't as scary as you thought to take control of your health or your nutrition or your body. So then you're like, oh shit, if I could do that, like maybe if I lost the first five pounds, like what else could I do? What else am I capable of? Like how much more is in the tank? Like how much have I been limiting myself this whole time? I will say that's also hard, a very hard realization because with that comes the responsibility and the weight of the fact that maybe you haven't been doing those things for you know your entire life or however long you haven't been doing those things. And that can be hard to accept that responsibility of like, I am where I am right now because of myself and because I haven't been doing those things. And that's hard to come to terms with, but I encourage you to not let that dis- discourage you. I encourage you to look at that as you know, if you have overcome something and you think, what else can I do? Like, there's so much more out more that you can do and so much more that you're capable of. And while it might be a heavy weight to bear of like, damn, I could have done this this whole time. Um, you know, you're doing it now and that's all that matters. You can't get time back. So, you know, capitalize on the now and push yourself now with all of that. Yeah. I was going to say again, like kind of that reframe, like to think about like how cool it is that you're in charge of everything. That yeah. you are the you <laughs> you are the person that can take control and change things. So I, I just think that's just so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um I don't have any other things to add on this topic. Do you? I don't either. No. We we set a goal Go for us. 30. <laughs> set a goal for 30. We got 40, but way better than uh than previous episodes. We're so, getting there. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep going, guys. But um, anyways, hopefully this has shifted your uh mindset towards setting goals um and whatever it is that you're going through right now. Hopefully you have a better perspective. But um, yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit. You can find Marissa at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.